mirrors. Hmm. How many of you looked in a mirror this morning, whether brushing your teeth, shaving, putting on makeup, doing your hair, or just thinking you're all that staring at yourself? A mirror in Hebrew is known as the looking glass. It's an object that reflects an image. Light that bounces off a mirror will show the image of whatever it is that's in front of it. When focused through the eye of a lens, mirrors reverse the direction of the image in the opposite angle from which the light shines upon it. This is allows the viewer to see themselves. Natural mirrors have existed since prehistorical times, such as surface water. They have been manufactured mirrors for thousands of years, like stone and copper, polished bronze and silver. A mirror is a wave of reflection, a light that consists of waves. And when the light hits the wave, it reflects from the flat surface of that focused. And it hits the mirror that allows the waves to form an image when that focused through an eye lens. It's a wave. It's a light. This has been going on for a long, long time. They used to just reflect in the water. They used copper. They used silver. And I want you to go with me real quick to James. James 1, 19. All the way to verse 25. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and forgets what he looks like. But be the one that looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and preserves. Be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He who will be blessed in doing this. In the message it says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what, what you hear. Those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror, walk away, and two minutes later, they have no idea where they are and who they are and what they even look like. After Pastor Jen preached for the last few weeks, how many, how many have enjoyed that? Come on. Do you have your ifs in order? He's flipping us upside down. And I went home, and I went to think, listen, I went to think I was going to go fix me something to eat. And I heard the Holy Spirit, and he said, people are not listening. He said, they hear it, but they're not doing what I've asked them to do in my word. He said, they look like they're in a mirror and they're looking at it, and then they forget what they look like. They forget what they just heard, and they're not acting upon my word. Shook me to my core. I couldn't even fix the rest of the dinner. I had to stop what I was doing, and I called Jen, and I said, 
He's saying something. See, you do, if you hear it and then you act upon it, it produces. But if we just glance in the mirror, what happens? James compares it, looking into the mirror as looking into the law, the word of God, and retaining what you hear and acting on it. Not just hearing, then doing whatever you want. And God really spoke to me, and he said, some are hearing, and they're doing whatever they want. They're looking in the mirror, and two minutes later, they can't even remember what they look like. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's called self-deceit. And see, some of you have been hearing the word, but you haven't been doing what's being said. Everything that's being said off this pulpit or off this table, you need to hear it. You need to do it because you're deceiving yourself. You're not deceiving anybody else yet. You're deceiving yourself. It's called self-deceit. So we hear it, but we don't act upon it. To disassociate God's word from our lives is to dislocate its transformation power. To disassociate is to dislocate. You want to hear it, but you don't want to do it, so you are dislocating. You ever had anything dislocated in your body and you're going, oh my goodness, my rib just came out. Oh my goodness, I'm in so much pain. No, I got to go get that. I need adjusted. God said you need adjusted today. Because to dislocate, hear it, is to disassociate with God's word. Disassociate means that you read it, but you didn't do it. So you disassociated with it, then you dislocated yourself. And we wonder why we're not fit in the body of Christ like we're supposed to. Do you see, do you hear me? Well, that goes with something that I had wrote down. Um, go to 1 Corinthians real quick, 13. 9 through 12. And what's yeah. funny is we've been talking about the love of God in the, all the songs that have been said. And we think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's the love chapter. But I, I want to go on be, beside just, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. Because if we love God, then we will do what God is asking us to do. So go with me. It says, for we know in part. This is in the ESV. It says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I responded like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall fully know, even as I have been fully known. And God began to speak to me, and he said, when we only allow God to partially reflect in us the things of him, It is immature of us to assume that we understand what he's fully saying. When you think that you are only partially in, you know, I've said it many times, I've said it the last couple weeks, but you will never receive fullness from anything that you partially give into. You can't give in part and receive fully. The truth of the matter of the fact is part of a whole is part of a whole. It's not a whole. I can't have a whole of something unless I put two parts together or four parts together. This is basic math, like fractions. You know what I'm saying? How many of you could not stand fractions because you didn't do very well, right? Right. Just be honest. Just be, yeah. listen, not everybody good at math. You know what I'm saying? It's really okay. Fractions are hard sometimes, especially when you got to flip it and reverse it and do all the kind of stuff and change it and whatever you want to do to it. The thing about it is, is when it comes to a fraction, though, It tells of parts of something. And when you are dislocated, you become fractionated. Do you understand that? When something is fractured and it becomes a fraction of something, it's only a small piece. 
And what I believe God is telling us today is that just like you've said, it dislocates, that I can stand in front of this mirror and I can turn around and forget what I'm looking like because I haven't given it my full attention to let it really reflect in me what it needs to do. And I believe God's telling us today, you need to look again. Look again. Look again. I guarantee that most of you this morning, I hope that most of you this morning, at least when you went to your bathroom or whatever you did in your mirror, you tried to at least check yourself in the mirror and make sure you didn't look like what you woke up like. Right? And you looked in the mirror to make sure you at least brushed your teeth. You know what I'm saying? Girls, you took time to put your makeup on. Guys, you took time to get dressed and get your hair ready. You took time to reflect in the mirror an image of yourself, right? But the fact of it is, is when you look in this mirror, God's trying to say, I need you to stop for a second. I need you to really look at me. I need you to really, I'm going to tilt this down so I can really see. But I need you to really look in this reflection right here. I need you to pause for a moment. Not so you can look good, but so that you can be good on the inside. That's what she's trying to tell you when she called me. And, she's, and Pastor Don said, you know, there are many who are just not, they're not taking and they're not doing and that's like looking in the mirror and looking at you and you got stuff all up in your teeth and you walk out thinking it's good. How many of you hate when you get ready or you eat something and you got something stuck in your teeth and you had it stuck in your teeth for a while and ain't nobody around you said nothing to help you out? And then you walk up and somebody who's at least close enough to you who loves you looks and they're like, uh, you got something in your teeth and you're like, why ain't nobody say nothing? Why didn't nobody say nothing? But if you have heard over the last few weeks, God is saying something. And he's been speaking to your hearts to tell you, look again. Look again. I had a few instances this week, and, and I know that I've talked to mom about them, talked to Brandon about them. But, you know, just in practicality. Let's go practicality, okay? I have a health case, something that's been going on, and I had some things that I needed to make a call about because I got a letter in the mail that didn't add up to what was said the last time I was in the office, okay? So I called and I said, hello, such and such. My name's Jennifer Norman. This is my date of birth, da-da-da-da-da. This is the case number that's on it. I need you to look into my chart because I need you to make sure that all this information is correct because I'm not sure what happened in the past. And she's like, well, ma'am, I just don't know. And I said, well, I need you to look. And so she looked it up. She's like, I can't find it. I mean, I know that you're saying what it says on your papers, but I, can't. I said, well, I need you to look again into my chart. Finally, after 15 minutes, oh, ma'am, I, I found it. I'm so sorry. It was in the holding box to where we just didn't place it over to get it done for you. Just, just look. Stop. Take time to look. Or like doing school we homeschool so I, I was helping Zion and I was trying to talk to him about we were talking about fractions and math okay and looking at it and I said son I need you to look at me and he was kind of looking around being fidgety that day and I said no I need you to look at me and I need you to focus on what I'm saying so I can break it down for you and give you the directions not that I'm trying to you know just bust you out Zion I'm not the fact of it is is what I'm trying to say is that the teacher, God, is trying to tell you, I need you to look at me. And you will not understand how to fix the problem in the correct manner until you look at me. And once you look at me, you need to look again to reflect what's happening so that the next time a problem comes in your life, you can reflect what you did then that will compensate for right now. And when I'm teaching you a new problem, you'll have the foundational work you need to be able to have it in order. You can't go to algebraic equations until you have the basic fractions, right? This is, I'm teaching you in practicality, guys. I'm trying to tell you, God's trying to say, I've been laying a foundation, but I need you to look and reflect again at that foundation so I can take you to the next place of glory. Look again. Look again. It says, if you listen to the word and do not obey... It is like glancing at your face in the mirror. 
you see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. And I think the challenge that we face at times as we walk this out is that when we hear the word of God, are we doing the word of God? Are we just hearing the word of God? Because hearers have to be doers. Prime example, if you're a parent in a room and you've told your kid to do something and they don't do it, they just heard you. Are they taking responsibility of what they're hearing and cleaning their room or doing what you've asked them to do? What's any different than you as an adult or a young adult or a teenager trying to hear the word of God and then do it? The time, what, what's happening across the, the globe and across every church is people are hearing a message of, of, of Christ and they're hearing a glance of it because we live 10 seconds at a time through TikTok and social media so fast and people are just, yeah, oh yeah, that was good. Oh man, that, that was great. And then when you turn around and go back and say, what did he say Sunday? What was that? I don't even remember. What was that that was said? And then you, you can't get it together because the hard part that happens is the reflection of it. It doesn't make sense and it hurts your eyes. Gosh, that's bright. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah. I'm the guy outside with the mirror shining at 20 houses down in your house. But think about it. It's, it it, it kind of hurts. But here's the thing. If you don't know the reflection, that's why you can't you can't know the reflection at, at times because, I'm sorry, I got you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I got you. You can keep your head down. I'm sorry. Because the problem is, is what the Word of God does, it exposes you. The mirror exposes you. So when you hear the Word, it's going to reflect in your life. You're going to, ah, are you just going to go ahead, God? Whatever you got to burn off, burn off. I need it. If not, it's just going to keep you in that state. And then when something happens, you try to turn and look, and that, that light shines. You're, ah. But, the, but listen, but yeah, the mirror ahead. does not re recreate who you are. Yeah, yeah. It simply reflects who you are. And after being exposed in the mirror, you can decide to change. Yeah, yeah. So, so every, like people in sports, Mom, and uh, – a lot of sports, they love that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I can. But are you allowing him to give you strength? Are you complaining? Because when you, oh, I heard that, and you try to reflect, and it, 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 I don't even, what? You forget that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. But you have to choose after you look into it, after that's a, you're, you're created inside of that image, but then you have to choose. Hey what are you doing, Brandon? How's it going? Don't put me in a room with mirrors. I'm going to go crazy. I'm see the kid happens. that got in the dressing room with three folding mirrors, and you can see 50 of me, but like minions. What's crazy about <laughs> that is that reflection. I love what you said. I just wrote it down. The mirror doesn't recreate who you are. Yeah. It reflects who you are, and then exposes who you are, yeah. and it's up to you to change. Yeah. And what I love about that is that so often we live in a world that's filtered. Yeah, true. So we are trying to recreate an image that is not who we are. Yep. And so what happens is we are filtering ourselves through Come the on. world's yeah. eyes instead of the word. Yes. Well, because we don't like love what we even no, look like. No, because you don't like your imperfections. And you know what's funny is. Hmm. Well, if you I, can't be transparent here, how are you going to be transparent here? No, and, and what I love is the more you become comfortable with who you are. Like yeah. yesterday, I mean. I've, I've turned 40 this year. I'm not even afraid of it. It's not looking like, good, oh, girl. It's looking just what good. it is. I've turned 40. The fact of it is, 40. though, it's just like yesterday. I got around. I looked in the mirror. I got ready. 
And I looked and I was like, I'm not putting makeup on today. I got ready still. I was dressed. My hair was done. I brushed my teeth. I was decent. But I was just like, I don't feel like putting makeup on today. And I was really okay to go to the store. And if I would have saw you at the store, I would not have been like, oh, my goodness, they saw me with no makeup. No, really, I'm learning to be okay with my imperfections. Yeah, right, right. Wait, you can see me through my filter, though. I don't even use filter. Most of the time when we use any type of filters at my house, when it's with me, it's to make fun of somebody or ourselves. <laughs> it's never to make yourself look good. You it's always the goofy like filters that goofy mess you up. Stuff and somebody's like, oh, you, I know the girls. They'll say, you did me dirty. Did me dirty. You did me like dirty. That. You know what I'm saying? Like putting a filter on. But the thing of it is, is I don't, I don't need the world to filter me. No. I don't need the world to tell me what I need to look like. I really need the word to tell me what I look like. I need it to reflect in me. This right here is the greatest mirror that you will ever use. But do you see yourself as truth or do you see yourself as a lie when you look in the mirror? Because if you look in the mirror, you can see yourself as a lie. Do you see what I'm saying? You can either look and we can see and it's the same as spiritually. You know, if you have mud on your face and you walk out, it's spiritually, you've got mud on your face. Come on, somebody. You're, naturally, you might have mud on your face, but spiritually, you got mud on your face. And you need to wash yourself with this word. Like you get by the sink in the mirror and you wash yourself off. Do you know how many people, me and her talked about this, how, just saying, don't get offended, and I ain't scared if you do. But you know how many people walk out, they never brush their hair anymore. Half the time they don't brush their teeth. They don't care what they look like. They got pajamas on. I mean, some people start wearing these slipper things that look like shoes. I don't know. You have them on, Gabe? Anyway. They're Uggs. Yeah. Uh, Ugg. Ugly. Uh, uh, no, they're not ugly. I'm Jalen, I'm just kidding. Anyway. I'll tell you, I think they're ugly, but I love you. If you like them, that's up to you. You know what I'm saying? That Everybody's got their own opinion. I don't really care. Jada's got them. I'm just not wearing them. This but is what, it is. what I'm trying to say is, you know, you, you look, I'm going to be, you look like crap. <laughs> okay. Let's go here. No, you listen, know what I mean? No, you're right, but listen this. Listen. But you look like crap spiritually. I'm just saying. But what I just said, well, I think they're ugly. So what's going to happen? You change your appearance because of what I reflect to think? you, yeah. not because of Come what on. you reflect to yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you got to know who you are. You have and to who know you who are. you are. But I've never seen a generation in my life, from adults to kids, that we are living in a world and generation that just don't care. No. When I was growing up, I rarely saw somebody wear their pajamas to the store. Or even out. Most of the time, it was in a house robe to go get their mail and come back in. That was what I saw. Yeah. People got to work. They, and I'm not saying you got to wear a suit to work because things change, different things like that. I've never seen it. And just like you said, you're, you're, you, you don't care. Yeah. And you've lost the ability to reflect because when you lose the ability that you care and you care about what well, you never make else a change. Well, you, you lose it. You're numb. Again, you go, welcome to uh, Remnant View, the view. Um, <laughs> what? No, no. Not the round table, the brown table. The round table. The Browns didn't go to the Super Bowl. Um, so what you reflect is, 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 is crazy because if you don't know who you are in Christ, like I said, and we, and we talked about this a little bit, not everybody's on social media and stuff. I get it, and that kind of seems weird, but it's true. But when you look at people taking selfies and pictures, you know for a dang fact that that ain't them. Like you got the like you had Botox and you ain't got no Botox. What, why do you always feel to yourself? Because you're not happy with who you truly are. You know what I'm saying? So the problem is, is when we try to reflect Christ. Back to that scripture, I can do all things. And if I hear it, like, oh, that's awesome, and, and something happens, and I'm not standing here trying to reflect God and saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength until I believe it in my soul, in the mirror of my life, and then I walk up and I can look at it without hesitation. I can do all things. I can do all things. But like they said, the problem we have again is that we don't believe it. We look in the mirror and we're like, oh, what was that? I better phone a friend or talk to somebody else to get my reflection to see how they feel about me or how I should feel about myself. So we reflect every 
thing else and situations in our life. So it goes in one ear and out the other, and it's like, why are you not retaining what he is saying? But yet, at the same time, why do we retain all the worldly stuff? Like it grabs us and grips us, and we hold on to it. Like she said, if somebody don't like something, obviously, it's an opinion. But does it shape you and shake you to your core? Who cares what somebody else thinks? It doesn't matter. What does God say? And we live like this over and over. I don't care how old you get. It doesn't matter what job you have. And if somebody doesn't agree, you start feeling a certain way. you got to check that mirror and know for a fact what the Word of God has said to you, what it is saying. Because if it's not, it says, For if you listen to the Word and do not obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself and walk away and forget what you look like. Now, that's pretty deep if you don't know what you look like. You know you're missing that one tooth. That's you. (laughs) You know what you look like, but he's trying to say, if you don't obey, you're not going to know because what he needs you to look like is him. That's what he needs you to look like because if not, you look like everything else. And so where is Christ in the mix of looking through this mirror? Well, the enemy doesn't want you to look in the mirror to show your true value. He wants you to look in the mirror of the lie, of the deceit, of the old you. He wants you to look. You know, it's funny because the next morning after God really gave me that, I'm pretty quiet when when I get up. If Pop's still asleep, I'll turn on a small light into the bathroom, just being quiet. And I never look in the mirror. I'm just going to use the bathroom. I'm going to go back to bed. And I glanced at the mirror, and he said, who do you say that I am? Can we even say, even looking in the mirror, to look out to show somebody else who he is? Because if you can't reflect who he is here, how are you going to reflect to anybody else? Would they even believe you? Because you can't believe yourself. And it it even starts with our actions. Your actions without saying a word should reflect what Christ is doing in your life. Let alone your speech and talk and how how you handle yourself. Because if that's not the case, we're saying we're a Christian and other people are looking and saying, no, no, no. No, no, no. I've said it so many times. The people that hold you accountable the most are probably non-Christian friends. Wait, hold up. You said you was a Christian. Why are you drinking that? Wait, wait, you said you was like, why are you cussing like that? Well, don't judge me. Don't judge me. How about your non-Christian friends keeping you accountable? And you call it judge because you don't know who you are. Who are you? When you reflect that. See, the problem is, is a lot of people don't like this right here. Not just to get ready and say, okay, I'm look, I need to get ready and, you know, I got, I got some daughters that need a, a full-length mirror to make sure they're ready instead of half a length mirror and, well, maybe one daughter. But, you know, who are you? When you look in the mirror, it's not, it's not even that. Go home. Okay, here you go. There's your twin. It, it's not even that. It's the fact that. You don't like what you see. She don't care. I know you're focused on it, but here's the reality. Why does Christ tell us to go back to like childlike faith? Because it's genuine. The problem is as we get older and we go through life and we get hurt and all this stuff, we truly, if we had to sit and talk to her, we don't like what we see. We truly don't like what we have to accept for ourselves. Because you can't change anything, anybody, but you can change you through Christ. You can change you, but you've got to get to the mirror because healing starts where it hurts the worst. And the problem we face is us from the past because, again, when we're trying to reflect something, it, it becomes a problem because we want to we hear it. We don't want to do it because doing causes change. And if I change that, how do I get that out? Because this has been inside of me since I was a kid. I don't even know who I am without this anymore now. 
And so you, when you get that out, but what the beauty of it all is when you release it to God, he pours something else in that's better than what you've been holding on to. That's why you got to get in the mirror and you got to understand, I am, I am an overcomer. Romans chapter 8 verses 2 through 3 says, anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one whom God recognizes. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is the one on whom God recognizes. And I want to read the footnote in my Bible to that. It says, the law of the Spirit, okay, it's, it's talking about, those who are in Christ in the law of the spirit, it says the law of the spirit of life is the life regulating and life motivating power of the Holy Spirit at work within the lives of Christians. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives so that he can free us from the power of sin so that we can commit ourselves to obey the spirit. What it's trying to say is that when you become mature enough to understand that you can truly reflect God, you don't matter what he's care what he's looking at because you're okay that he reflects on you. But God said that immaturity says I know. But maturity says show me. Immaturity says I know God. I know what you're saying. I know what I need to change. I know that this is happening. I know where to look. You ever talk to somebody and in the midst of you trying to tell them something and you're really trying to make a point and they're, they're going, oh, I know. And you're like, how do you know? You didn't even listen. You didn't even hear what I had to say. You might have known part of what I was saying. That's what God's trying to say. When we only reflect partially what God is doing, we only get part of what he's saying. But maturity is able to look at the mirror and it says, show me. Show me what you want to change in me. If there be anything in me, God, remove it. If there be anything in me, God, that's not pleasing of you. Not looking at the mirror and saying, oh, what do you want to use of me today, God? There's a difference in how you say it. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can say, use me, God. Or you can look with pride and be like, well, what do you want to use of me, God? I look good. This is what's going on. If this is taking place in my life and I can do such and such and get this, you know, uh, promotion or whatever. How do you want to use? No, God. What do you want to do in me, God, to just reflect your glory? What do you want to do? Just show me. There's one person in the Bible that I believe understood this well. It was Moses. In Exodus 33, 18, he says, Moses said, please show me your glory. Moses understood that he could not just serve God from a glance. He couldn't just look once at God and know how to do it all. Moses was a man who was seeking God continually to talk to him face to face. To reflect in him what God wanted to do. He understood it took continually looking upon the reflection of God in his life. Until there was nothing left of him crying out, God show me your glory. Do you realize that you were put on this earth so that the glory of God could be revealed in and through you? And it's great that we can tell people our personal testimony, but if they walk away receiving your personal holiness and not the holiness of God, there's a problem. We are not on this earth to proclaim our personal holiness. We can talk to people about God did this and God did that and God did this in me. And that's great. I'm not saying that our testimonies are irrelevant. But if they walk away only remembering what God did in you and not who God is for them, that's a problem. You deceive yourself. But you, you said about the law, so I'm going to go back up. For he who looks at himself and goes away at once and forgets what he looks like, verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, but the one who looks into the word of God, the law of freedom, being no hearer who forgets, but being a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. 
We're either blessed or cursed. And I love the reflection with Moses. And I know there's another piece to that that you need to finish with what happened with Aaron and how they had to step out. Go ahead. Well, see, maturity recognizes your inadequacies and gladly presents them before God to be used for his glory. Yeah. Immaturity hides behind pride and buries the inadequacies deep inside. It buries them. You'll never see the fullness of God until you give him the fullness of self. You'll never reflect the fullness of God in your life until you fully lay down self in the mirror of your heart. We were not created in self-image, but his image. So I want to go with you when I said you cannot serve God from just a glance. If we are too busy to look, then we are too foolish to be able to see. If we are too busy to look, we are too foolish to ever be able to see. We miss the important things of God. See, Miriam and Aaron tried to do to Moses something that we do to others. We point out our we point out others' imperfections so we can hide ours. We hide behind other people's reflections. Because it's easier to look at them instead of say, God, look at me. Oh, so-and-so, you know how they do that. They talk like this or they do that. And you make fun and you do things. Or you point out how much they don't serve God, even though their talks are doing it. How can they live like that as a family? And I wouldn't parent that way. Well, you wouldn't parent that way. You're right, because that's not you. It's them. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is that? <laughs> Looks like a spider. Sorry. <laughs> But the fact of it is, is that you are not reflecting yourself. You're hiding behind somebody else's reflection. And Miriam and Aaron, what they did was after Moses had sought God, this was after he had went before God, said, show me your glory. And God began to speak to Moses face to face. He didn't allow Moses to see his actual face because he said, no man shall see my face because he can't withstand it. But he allowed Moses to hide in the cleft of the rock and showed him his back. And the glory of the Lord shone so heavily on Moses that when he came down, his face could not be seen by people. He wasn't recognized as Moses. He was recognized as the glory of God. And what I'm asking you is the glory of God reflect himself so heavy in you that others cannot look upon you because they are seeing the light of God. So here he's done this, and I thought about that and thought about the wavelengths in the mirror, but do you realize that mirrors can only reflect because they refract light? You will never get a pure reflection when you hide in the dark and try to see in the mirror. The mirror can only show you the right reflection when you get in the light. He said, I am the light of the world. So here Moses has spent this time with God up in the cleft. I mean, he, he literally dedicated his time to spending his time with God. Does that mean he didn't spend time with people? Yes, he did. He did. And was trying to lead God's people. But his focus was seeing God. And here, they're in the tent. So it's Miriam and Aaron and Moses. And all three of them are in the tent of meeting. This is in Numbers 12. I'm paraphrasing until I get to the scripture. If you want to test it, read your Bible. But here they are. They're in the tent of the Lord in the tabernacle. And Miriam and Aaron begin to get jealous about the glory that is shown on Moses's life they begin to get concerned about why God isn't reflecting in them what he's reflecting in Moses and all of a sudden they pick one little thing where Moses had married this Cushite woman and they begin to say well he's married this Cushite and it was not right. And what's funny is that it was not wrong for him. There was nothing wrong with him marrying that woman that he married as his wife. 
But they wanted to try to pull something out from the old law instead of being led by the spirit of the new law of what God was doing. See, what's hard is when you live in the old and you still continue to live in the old, you will only see through the old. And when the new is reflected in somebody else, you begin to get jealous, but you have no way to reflect in them because you are still in the old. So in Numbers 12, verses 4 through 9, and I want to tell you something. It says this. They said in chapter 12, by pointing out I'm before this, they said he married Cushite woman. And doesn't God speak to us and not just Moses? This was before them. And it said, and suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out, and the Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. And he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in vision. In a vision, I speak with him in dreams. But not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. And he departed. And when it came to reflecting, God said, be careful what you point out before you get called out. Be careful what you point out before you get called out. Because one day, we're all going to stand in that mirror. And I'm telling you what, I'd rather stand in it now because I don't want to see what reflects in that mirror already, knowing that I'd still give my best to God. And live and give my best to God. And I could still give more to God. See, the problem of it is, is we think our best is just enough and we need to still be doing more for God. And that's what happened with Moses, is that he began to speak with God face to face. Moses knew the intimacy of God because he continually chose to look again. And what it caused was actual conversation, mouth-to-mouth conversation. That means the breath of life was literally speaking mouth-to-mouth with Moses. Let me say something in that real quick. When God spoke to all three of them to come out of the tent of meeting, and then he pulled them all three out, and then he pulled the two away from Moses out of the tent of meeting, and see, there's times that God's going to, you you got to be careful that you're in the holy place and you get pulled out, that he wants to talk to you about something that might be things that's going on in your life. And what's interesting, and I, when she, when she spoke that to me, in the tent of meeting, on the outside of the tent of meeting was the brazing labor. And that was the copper they they polished it in it. It was a round circle, and it was outside of the tent of meeting, and it had water in it. And they had to wash themselves, and they could look in that mirror to make sure that before they ever even think they could go into the holy place, they had to wash themselves. He took them back out of the tent of meeting where the, come on somebody, where the washing was. He's taken some of you out of the tent of meeting and he's trying to say you need to reflect yourself and to see if there is a thing that's in you that needs to be washed. See, some didn't even get get to enter the holy place because they would look in that mirror and decide that, no, no. That's too much responsibility for me to have to, for me to go in the Holy of Holies, for me to go face to face with God, there's too much responsibility that I'd have to do. I, I'm too tired. I'm too lazy. I don't feel like serving. I, come on, somebody. And so they would decide, and then when they do come and try to serve, they complain. Somebody, you ain't truly serving if you're, you're really trying to do other things and make it look like you're good, but you ain't good behind the scene. And I think when God spoke to me Sunday, and he said, daughter, I mean, I was standing in my kitchen, grabbing a plate so I could get me. I was hungry. You know, you're hungry right after church. 
And I went to get a plate, and he said, daughter, there is people within this house that have looked in the mirror, and they turned around, and they walked away, and they do not know what they look like. He said, I want you to give a warning. And he wants you to look again. Let me tell you what look again means. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Look again in the mirror is to make that change. The mirror does not change who you are. You must take action to bring about change. The mirror, as the word, never changes. It's perfect like a surface of a mirror. It reflects God's glory onto the image which exposed to the light. Look means to direct one's eyes, to direct one's attention. Look again means to analyze with an intent of making. This is in the dictionary. Look again means to analyze with an intent of making change. Respect. Are you ready? Because I knew this is going to bless you. Respect is to look again. Respect comes from the Latin word spectra, which means to look. And re means to do it again. So respect means to look again. See, we don't respect ourselves. We don't respect ourselves with this. Let's just, this is this. This is this. And you would go, oh, I can do all things with Christ who strength. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and you don't have no strength at all. Because see, guess what you did? You looked at it, and then you turned around and forgot what you looked at. Now, you're either going to believe it or not believe it. You're either going to believe what you are, or you're going to believe the lie. Because there's two different images here. It's either the image of you or the image of the glory of God. The more you die, the more he is. But like I said well ago, we don't want to do that. That's, that's uncomfortable. That stretches us. We don't, we don't want to believe what we really see. Well, reflections create vulnerabilities. Yeah. And I believe that God is trying to tell us that he wants to take us to the mirror of intimacy. Yeah. The mirror of intimacy which says, into me you see. It's respect, sis. That I'm good with those imperfections. That I'm good yeah. with the vulnerabilities to take the time. So that you can look into me and show me and reflect your glory. It's the mirror of intimacy. That's how Moses was able to reflect and speak yeah. to God mouth to mouth and have conversation so that God could breathe on him. Mouth to mouth is like that resuscitation Okay, think of CPR. When you give somebody mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, you're breathing life to give back into them so that their heart can be revived and awakened. And when the life of God is continually breathed into you, it will be reflected on the outside of you. The more Moses looked upon God, the more he reflected God. Immaturity allows self-reflection to be the only thing you see. self Immaturity allows self-reflection to be the only thing you see is self. Because I think we live in a world where I've heard it so much, well, we're just self-reflecting. Yeah. Well, what are you reflecting? Because in all reality, in your self-reflection, you're still reflecting everything else that the world is telling you and showing you and telling you. The only one who can really tell you who you are as yourself is the creator. You cannot get a true self-reflection if you don't sit down and reflect in his word. And what's crazy about it is, is you started saying the spectra. Out of a light spectrum, yeah. that if the light hits just right on yeah. your, on, on any, even on this mirror and where it reflected, it would show a rainbow prism of colors. Okay? 
see, the problem of it is, is we haven't been able to reflect long enough. See, a rainbow in the Bible actually meant the promise of God. Okay? But the problem of it is, is we've taken the mirror down to where it doesn't want to reflect and get the light just right on our lives. And we wonder why we're missing the promises is because we've not reflected correctly. We've missed the angle of the light. You know, God, I, I was thinking about a tailor. If you were to go in an old-fashioned tailor's office or somebody, if you had the money to really pay for, like, high-end suits or anything like that anymore, or, or as a bride. Think about a bride. When she goes and stands in a bridal shop and they get ready, she's picked her dress, right? And all of a sudden they take her to a room that's reflected with a bunch of mirrors and she stands in front of it and they begin to adjust and tailor in and they begin to pin and poke and cut and write stitches where those stitches are going to be cut, the markings are in. And what happens is they, they tape and they do all these things and then they make the bride turn back around and they snug it in and they're pulling and they're saying, does that look right? Does that feel right? We want to make sure that it's just right on you. We need to hem you up just a little bit in this area. See, we haven't stood long enough so God could tailor us into his presence and his glory. We get too upset because, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this, we are wusses in his presence. Oh, God, you poked me with that pen and you told me that you didn't like that about me and so I don't want to serve you anymore. I'm mad. I'm going to walk away. You pricked me. Ow, that hurts so bad. You know what? Buck it up and suck it up and get some grit about yourself. Quit crying. Last week we talked about how, God, you know, immaturity and feeding you on the milk and how, God, you can't take the meat because you're still busy fussing. And God's trying to say, I'm sick of nursing you because all you're doing is lulling yourself to sleep instead of doing something about it. Think about it. I'm not trying to be weird, but most of the time when a baby nurses, what do they do? Fall asleep. God wants you to become active and do something. So what he's trying to say is get off the milk. Let's feed you some meat. Now let's put you in front of the mirror so that you can reflect more of me to this world. Let me change you. Let me tailor you. Let me poke on you. Let me hem you in. Let me adjust and sew. And what's crazy is if I got my wedding dress out from 20 years ago this year, 20 years ago this year, if I got my wedding dress out, there is no way I would be able to fit in that sucker because I was Nevaeh's size when I got married. Now, we'd have to let it out a little bit and fix it up. We'd have to add some material in the back or put it somewhere where it needed to fit. But that's my season. That's good. See, in that season back when we just got married, it was a different season of life. And so my dress was tailored to fit me at that season. But guess what? I'm in a different season. I'm a mom of three kids. I, you know what? I've had trials. I've had tribulations. I've had things that go on. And I don't look like that bride that got married 20 years ago. But I know I still look like a bride to Jesus Christ. And in this season that I'm in, he will tailor me in to his presence when I choose to reflect his glory. You know, I, I think about Moses and Aaron and Miriam and the cut that happened with Moses. I, I, I guarantee you that wasn't easy, that his, his brother and his sister, and she didn't tell the last part of that, Miriam ended up with leprosy. Yep. And guess who went before God and asked if he could remove that from her is Moses. Moses cried out. You know, it, God's going to separate some things, even if it's your brother and your sister. He's going to cut some things that doesn't feel good sometimes. But, you know, even if he cuts it, he'll still have you turn and cry out for the thing that was cut. You know what I mean? That's crazy, Mom. I was thinking about all that you guys are saying. And that tailor couldn't have done anything if the lights were off. When you go back to the mirror, there's no possible way to look in the mirror in a dark room. Pitch black. There's no way to look at it. The only way to see a mirror and look at it is if there's light present. 
to look at it. I was thinking about when you were talking about with the, the past, when we just went and saw uh, the fourth season of Chosen in the theaters the other day. One of the most, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in that. But one quote that, that stood out to me, I mean, a lot, was when he was, he was saying about, let's not argue the sins of the past. We have light to give. Let's not argue the sins of the past because people are trying to argue over who's, who's doing what. Because when you can't reflect right, you always point a finger at somebody else because it takes it off of, off of you. But we have light to give. But please remember at times you were, you were the ones in the darkness. And that when the light is reflected and you know who you are in Christ and you can be that light and you walk around, yeah, it might hurt some people sometimes. But I promise the light, it shines in the darkness. The light of Christ. If we're the church, that's what we got to do. We just got to walk around and be the light. But if we don't know who we are, what kind of reflection am I giving right now? None. But if Christ is in the center of my life and my life walks around, it might hurt. Well, what the heck's that? What's going on? Whoa, 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 hold up. Whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. What's different about you? I can't, what's going on? Wait, you're not that guy. You're not that. Wait, whoa. Why aren't you laughing at those jokes anymore? What's going on? What is, what's changed? Why does that music bother you now that it didn't used to? What, what's going on? See, if not, you won't reflect that. You'll reflect the world. And there's nothing to reflect. You're empty. You're numb. You've blended in. You've hidden the shadows. When you come out into the light, God exposes you. And it's not a bad exposure. We need it. But, man, I mean, before digital cameras, don't you have to go in a dark room to get something developed, right? Didn't Christ have to go down into a dark place to, to pull you up and get you out and develop you and pull you out to the light? But that's what it's about. So when you hear the word, we become doers. And then when we look at it and we're applying it, yes, I'm going to put on that helmet of salvation. Yes, I'm going to put on that. Yes, I'm going to buckle that up. Yes, I'm putting those on. And I reflect it and I'm looking at it. I might not look like the best warrior, but I know I'm God's. And you know what I'm saying? It might not look. And here's the crazy part, because if you don't like what you see for yourself, I've said this all the way when I first started doing youth ministry. Give me somebody that's passionate about being different, that's an atheist, that don't love God. They're just, you can tell they're completely passionate and they're driven. They put so much energy in being defiant. Just one drop of Jesus, just one look from Jesus will change everything everything but here's what's cool about it when you reflect it it's still you but the passion has changed there's a new rebellion there's something that's changed I still got passion but now I've shifted it towards the kingdom of God and then, then everything else starts lining up. I can't stand when people go to church I was that guy I've been kicked out of so many churches because I didn't look right Please believe you're not the Holy Spirit. You're not even Jiminy Cricket. Like, you're not my conscience. Can we just accept somebody? What if a girl's on the pole and that's what she does at 6th Avenue and she comes to church looking crazy? And her best is what she gave. Half the room would be offended. But the reality is Christ will cover all that. He will even cover you. Guess what happens when the reflection, I don't think I'm a good person because all I've done is just give everything else. Christ says, look again, honey. Look again, and guess what the Holy Spirit does? I'm going to change you. And guess what happens? You, you see her come to church the next week. Her dress is a little different. She's starting to button up a little bit. Skirt's going a little bit lower. Nobody's made her do it. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that says you have purpose. You, you can do some great things. Let's change it up a little bit. That's what I'm talking about. Just because somebody's struggling with something and it doesn't look like what you think it looks like, you're not him. But you're so focused on the little things of what exactly. somebody else is struggling so with. So what does he say in that when we were reading that, that quote was so powerful? Quit arguing over the sins right here. of the past. Listen, I found it for you. 
Because I looked it up last night right before Good. I went to bed. Say High it. five. Oh. We're all Knuckles. safe. No, I'm not Lloyd. doing that, Lloyd. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, this is in John chapter 9, verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents that was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed him, and, and he came back seeing. And the neighbors, <coughs> sorry, and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Someone said, It is, it is he, others said, and no one said, but, no, but he is like him. And he kept saying, I am the man. So they kept and said to him, then how were your eyes open? And he answered, the man called Jesus made the mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. And they said, where is he? And he said, I don't know. So it ends up, they take him into the Pharisee's house and they start asking him what was going on and all this stuff and asking the parents and the parents are saying, well, he's of age. What I get from this is everybody who had seen the blind man before knew what to see him as the reflection as what he was. And God was trying to tell all of them, it is time for the light of God to reflect in the world. So you need to look again at what God wants to do in the lives of all men in the light of God. What he's doing is he's trying to change and reflect. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I was thinking about what you said with the respect, and you showed me that the respect is looking again. And I heard God clearly say, the reason that they don't reflect me is because they don't respect me because they don't respect my opinion. See, we as people will only value the opinions of others that we actually respect. And when somebody, see, you could say something to me, but if Brandon says it to me, it's a whole lot different. You could say the same thing. But if he says it, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I say, oh, how do you like my outfit? You could say, oh, I really like that. That's really cute or whatever as just a friend. But if Brandon comes and tells me I look good, it means something different. I respect his opinion. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the value of the intimacy that we have. Not that I don't value you, but I know him and he knows me. And when you know God and you want to spend with him, you're, you are willing to allow him to reflect in you. You respect his opinion. And that's what God is trying to get you to say is that whether it's with somebody else, whether it's you, whatever it is, until you learn to reflect God here, you can't reflect God outwardly and you will miss the people who are blind sitting on the streets because you are blind yourself just like the Pharisees. What's interesting is they never named his name. He was just called the blind man. And what's another thing that's interesting is when he said, go wash. And when we saw it on the screen, he put his hands down, down his face, and he washed his face. And the first person that seen that he wasn't blind was him himself. He saw the reflection in the water. And some of you need to See for yourself that you're not blind anymore. You don't have to have a name to make something happen. His name is the most important thing. Yeah. Can you read real quick before we transition? Can you read uh, what you read at the beginning, 1 Corinthians? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 12 says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, and when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then, we, but then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. It was dim, but now that I can see clearly now, there's something that I can truly see. The next verse says... And now these three remain, 
faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of them all, love. Now that I can see clearly, and it was dim, but now I can see these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Love being the greatest of them all. And Christ loves you. And the love of God wants to uh, surround you, and it also wants to ooze out on the other people around you. If we can just love people like Christ loved us. Faith and hope and love. Oh, now I can see clearly. Now I can see it. Here it is. Here it is. What's funny is I was asking God if we were going to do an altar call or anything like that or what was going to happen. And I was just sitting here and I heard what he said. He said, here it is. And God just said to me, he said, they are looking still for a big moment to happen and come to the altar when I'm trying to teach them every day in the little things. Every day in the little things. They want a big moment and they're waiting on you to give an altar call so they can come and this big moment happens. When I want to teach them about the big things within the little things of their everyday. What you reflect in the little things add up to the big things. And God's just trying to say, hey, today, just with one look, take one time, give me one look into the mirror. Not a glance, because you can't serve God from a glance. Not, you know, you ever walk past something and you're going and you stop and you're like, oh, yep, that looks good. And then you just walk off. You know what I'm saying? God's trying to say, I need you to look at me. Look again. Take time to pause and reflect and actually get in my word. Don't just glance at it. Don't just read your one little verse of the day that pops up because somebody else dug for you. Dig. Get into the word. What does God want you to read for today? And if you don't know how and you need help, ask for it. But I believe that these last couple weeks, God has really been trying to challenge your souls. And he's trying to tell you, it's in the little things. I'm going to keep saying it. I said it last week. said it. It's in the little things that he wants to reflect in you. All those little things that are not of him.